Charlie and Chase Thornock. Is that how I say your last yep, names? You okay, great. And we are at Riverbed Ranch, Operation Self-Reliance, Intentional Community. I'm going to go ahead and, and turn this around so you can see some of the amazing landscape. It's in Utah. Really beautiful. This isn't even the biggest mountains around here, but we are sitting in a little black trailer that Carly and Chase have rented to myself and my partner Chris while we visit OSR and I thought this would be a great opportunity to to actually talk with people who have are creating a part of this community and are living this alternative lifestyle of being in an off-the-grid intentional community so we're, we're sitting on this little bench here in the trailer <laughs> and um, and if you can believe it Chase is actually how tall are you 6-1. Six, 6-1. One. Six, one. So, so the optics of the video are not correct. But I'm loving it. I'm feeling you, taller than I ever have. Carly's feeling really tall right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, can, can you tell me a little bit first about what OSR is, what Riverbend Ranch is, and when it got started, a little introduction yeah, to sure. the community. So OSR started, I think it's about four years ago now, and this is this used to be just a big operation, alfalfa, I want to say, or ranch, and the ranchers decided they didn't want to use it anymore, and after a few years it was it was fallow, and we came in and bought it as a co-op. So this reminds me of Costco, where everybody buys in a piece of it, and together we bought the 2,000 acres, 1,500, 2,000 acres, and we each have two acre plots, and then half of it is set aside for community agriculture. The idea is that we'll have a bunch of agriculture to sell to the grocery stores and our community at large so we can be fully funded, pay our taxes, make some money for businesses and life here, and then also be fully self-sufficient on our own two acres. Very what do you cool. have to add, Chase? Yeah, yeah I think the, the foundational premise of the community is interesting. Um, it is one where you come, it's fully off-grid, which is, probably goes without saying, but it's also a requirement that you do uh, you do what you can on your property to build a home, a barn, a well, a greenhouse, and to do that all in a period of time without any debt. Mm. The idea just being that you're self-reliant, um, obviously in terms of food and energy production, but as well as financially. Super cool. and. Um, since you're sharing, why don't you tell me a little bit about why you guys wanted to be part of this, and then I'll ask you the same question. Well, Carly's probably the best one to start here. Uh, oh, okay. She, well, she, uh, she was kind of the impetus, I would say. She's always been someone who's been really intentional in the way mm -hmm. that we live our life. Um, and for me personally, I had come from a corporate background. I was the CEO of a software company mm -hmm. and got really, really sick in that journey um, and ran out of options in the medical profession and had to figure out how to heal my body, mm -hmm. which thankfully I did. But a lot of those principles of healing your body have to do with being self-reliant, right? Taking care of yourself, knowing where your food comes from, mm -hmm. having clean air to breathe and clean water to drink and 
And so I think all those things spoke to me. And then I just love to, I love to invent. I love to tinker. I love mm. to build. And so it's been a wonderful kind of learning experience that way for me. Mm, very cool. Yeah. Well, Carly, do you want to jump in and say why you have this interest in oh. self-reliance and intentional living? Well, well, I think it did stem back to when Chase was so sick and we learned all these principles of of how we can't be reliant on systems or other people to come in and control our health or our, even our life experience or our happiness. And so I got really excited about it and through my my research, which is about how houses impact families. And so this mm. like sub environment of how your house impacts your, fa- impacts your family. When this idea was proposed to me of we have a community and that impacts how individual families can thrive. I love that idea. I love that there's no pesticides being sprayed here so that we don't get cross contamination. I love that there's people who are smarter than me here so they can teach me how to grow tomatoes. We have like never gar- gardened in our life and we are like, yeah, let's own a homestead. So we're learning a lot. Uh, and that really appeals to me. I like to be around people who are growing too, and it's been fun. The mm-hmm. people here are fun, and the idea is fun, and I really like the look on people's faces when I tell them we live <laughs> off-grid <laughs> and in this community out in the middle of the West Desert, so that's fun too. Mm, great. And you you guys have three incredibly adorable <laughs> boys. <laughs> Thank you. Those ones weren't our boys, but yeah, we have three boys. <laughs> <laughs> Our boys are cute. They're totally They're cute. They're really great. I yeah. bet they'll be really cuter if I can bring them a puppy since they were. <laughs> but they'll the act meantime, like a puppy. Yeah, it's fine. Like a puppy. Did so, they ask you that when you came? That was the first thing your youngest son yeah. said do was, do you have any puppies? Yeah. And then we did talk last surprised. night about showing him puppy pictures that my stepdaughter has puppies right now. <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, as parents... What was the consideration for you about doing this for your family? And your boys are six, eight, and ten, right? That's right. Okay. We had we had already kind of had a fascination in this lifestyle, and so it wasn't such a huge jump to us. We'd already mm. renovated a, an RV and made it fully off grid. We were traveling a bit in that, and um, and as far as the boys went, we've always homeschooled them. Mm. Always had an interest in that. I think if it was if I wasn't married to Carly, I might have reconsidered that, right? But she's she's highly educated, and she does a really good job teaching them. Mm-hmm. And then as I became more accustomed to having children, they're just, they're curious. You know, I, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, we sometimes beat the curiosity out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because of their own accord, they just want to know. They want to know how things work and why things work. If and, you have puppies. <laughs> and then out here, I mean, they're children, right? So they, uh, they'll turn on the hose and play in the mud and mm-hmm. chase the bugs. And they caught a spider like this Ugh. big yesterday. And that was so gross. They loved it. <laughs> I didn't like that one. <laughs> in a lot of ways, children are more adaptable than we adults are. You know? Yeah. And so they've really enjoyed it, and we've enjoyed having them here, and and also kind of having them a little closer to some consequences for their decisions. Uh huh. Well, also trying to protect them, obviously, but this environment gives them some lessons that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that it feels like a return to the 80s when mm. I grew up in the 90s where my mom would be like, I'm going, I'm going to Sarah's and she'd be like, hey, come back before dinner. Uh-huh. And it was a little bit more free range and we mm-hmm. can do that here, which is fun. Mm-hmm. It's hot, so they always need a water bottle, but I feel safe and our community feels safe. And of course, there's different threats like 
snakes mm -hmm. and, you know, precautions that they need to learn about. But it's fun to have them take off on their bike and they know how to change a flat tire and they're getting better at mm. directions and they stick together and look out for one another. And they have those kind of learning independence, growing activities that we got that I feel like has kind of trickled out and that a mm -hmm. lot of my friends don't feel like they can do with their kids, even though they want to. They feel like they have to be a little bit more diligent in eyes on all the time. Mm -hmm. It's It was this interesting paradox that we were surrounded by a lot of wonderful people in the various homes that we lived in. But there was this interesting paradox with the children where you let them outside and sometimes people would complain that they were too loud outside, mm -hmm. right? And then if you have them inside all the time, the kids need to be outside. Right. So, and then if you let them outside, but you weren't watching them close enough, right? You weren't you weren't hovering over them. You then you're a negligent parent, or right. So it was a, it was an interesting thing, and and this it, being out here, I think you know has been helpful that way. So yeah, I mean, I wasn't homeschooled, but um, back when I grew up, back in the day when we were young. <laughs> You know, we come home from school and that was it. We were gone. Yeah. You know, until for hours. The streetlights mm -hmm. came on. Yeah, or until yeah. somebody no was standing in the back door, you know, yelling for us to uh -huh. come in for yeah. dinner yeah. or calling the yeah. neighbor and saying, uh -huh. are, they, are they over there? Can you send them home for dinner? Totally. So when we were in, you know, roving packs of healthy children who were playing outdoors. Yeah. Exactly. And that was, uh, that was really amazing, yeah. actually. We so. have what we call our family Von Trapp whistle, but I <laughs> I whistle loudly in a certain pattern, and wherever the kids are, if they can hear it, they come, uh -huh. you know, and it's, I don't know, I imagine that's something my great-great-grandpa would have done. Totally. Our neighbor did the same thing. We were walking along and trying to find our kids, and she just, she was like, yip, yip, like she had her own little thing with her kids, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a good call, here's <laughs> ours, and our kids came running, you know, because they heard the mama calls. It was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, and there are a lot of kids here, I've noticed. Yeah. And by the way, just for our studio audience, we have a, a free-range fly that's going around. So if, free you see us, fly. if you see us going like this, it's, you know, it's, it's the country. So we try to get them, but um, anyway. There's like, I think there's 60 kids here mm. between the ages of, I don't know, newborns. We have three baby, baby, newborn babies. And then all some the were born 18. here on the ranch yeah, just a few just months ago. Yeah. One, one during a blizzard. I oh noticed. yes. <laughs> yeah. She did a great job. Yeah. yeah. Everything <laughs> turned out fine. So your kids have people to play with here. Yeah, tons. That's great. And um, yeah, talk a little bit. Here's that free range fly. We should name him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talk a little bit because folks who are watching this may not know anything about the scope of OSR. Um, how many homesteads are planned? Um, you know, you already mentioned some of the criteria for each homestead, but would you yeah to give them an so idea? So there, as Carly mentioned, of the acreage, half of it is dedicated to homesteads, and there is 200 sites, I think. 250 lots, 250 yeah. lots. And uh, so far, uh, just over half of those, I think, are sold. Mm -hmm. And so you have people at different stages, you know. Um, we have, for example, our septic in, our power in, our barns being built, and our well is in, right? So we have our utilities covered. Other people have homes that they've built in various construction. I think that's appealing to people too, just mm -hmm. learning different ways to do things. Mm -hmm. And then everybody gets to do it kind of within their means and within their way. Um, and so that's, that's more or less the scope. And then as Carly mentioned too, I think in the future, we become a provider of organic produce mm -hmm. to the community. 
uh, here and abroad and and uh, and hopefully more people will come to not only live but to visit and to buy produce and different businesses and I should mention that's the, that's another tenant of the agreement is that you also agree to have what we call a cottage industry mm-hmm. which is just basically in addition to producing some some out agriculture you can have a different entrepreneurship vein whatever that may be and it may be in agriculture right and some people are doing that but the idea being self-sufficiency and mm-hmm. providing for your family great and you mentioned that it's you need to have a home that's off the grid no debt mm-hmm. and septic mm-hmm. a well mm-hmm. a garden barn. a barn and a greenhouse barn and a greenhouse uh-huh. and then and you then have to sell something like a thousand dollars worth of produce annually, annually oh, okay. as part of the co-op which you know with today's prices it's like 12 tomatoes so <laughs> that's, right. that's right you just gotta, you gotta learn how to grow tomatoes carly and we do. i know easy <laughs> i had some tomatoes last night that somebody grew here that were unbelievable They're best so tomatoes good. i've had all summer gigantic juicy deep oh. red really who grew really them good uh, Jenny. Oh, mm. Jenny's yeah. got a green thumb. Yeah, she's I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> That's very impressive. You can't tell me that that has the same nutritional content as a grocery store tomato. No. They say they do, and then you taste it, and you're like, this is not it's the same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not the same thing. amazing. I was watching her slice them, and I was starting to, like, drool <laughs> while she was slicing the tomatoes. It's nothing like a garden tomato. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you guys have some common facilities as well. You have a... Uh, welcome center which is like a community house and there there's a building that functions as a like another community meeting center for uh, actually Chris my partner left went out early this morning and he came back and he said the kids are out they're the greatest source of information <laughs> oh, yeah, that building over there is where everybody gets together to watch movies <laughs> <laughs> and they were it's saying so he was like I mean, he was telling me about the snakes, and they were, t- I can't even remember all the things that he <laughs> told me that they, so you, you have some social activities that mm-hmm. are happening, and roads that have been built, and a, a green belt that, um, you know, will have landscaping presently, and trees, and um, what are some of the other common facilities that are planned in this place? I really like the idea of an equestrian center, and that's kind of in the long-term plan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that sounds really appealing because I love the idea of horses. I have no background with horses mm. or tomatoes, as we've already <laughs> But uh, that's fun to me, the idea of learning something like that and to be able to heal through connection with animals mm-hmm. as well as with the, the, the world around us. Chase and I have secret visions of building some sort of reservoir or lake or something mm. like this. This is not in a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we that would be that would be our plan if you know as the years go on. Like this is a big fisherman. Oh. Yeah, like so some sort of water because that's really the only thing topically that we're missing. There's a huge aquifer that we're built over, but to get some water to the surface and get some trees growing and some creeks running, that would be so great. Yeah, that's true. what we're hoping true enough. How about you, Chase? What are you excited about? Common commonality wise uh yeah I, the question is interesting and i think it was kind of discussed that it would be a therapy type of center mm-hmm. right um and with my background in health and things i think that's really interesting and there's even uh, a retirement facility that's planned 
Um, a school, I heard. Oh, yes, a school. A larger kind of community center, mm-hmm. um, which we have sitting out there somewhere. So like the parts are ordered. It's going to be assembled. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's quite a few things, I think, in the master community that that will bode well in the future. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it seems like it's sort of in its uh, teenage years yeah. or something. People are trying to get their homes built. There are some really beautiful homes here. And others, a bunch of people in trailers, getting in their power and their septic and their wells first, but living in like more construction trailers as they're putting in other infrastructure and then starting to build their homes. Mm-hmm. So it does seem like it's at every stage of development. It really is. Here at this point. And how about you guys? Where, how, do, how do you see your plan unfolding time-wise or... You know, in general, our plans, of course, change. Right? Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think for us, we are, we're focused on kind of finishing out the barn. The barn, it's interesting, when you live out in an environment like this, you are much more beholden to the weather, mm-hmm. right? And I think coming from a community, you don't recognize that unless the weather's really extreme, mm-hmm. right? Um, but here, you got to deal with the wind and the rain and the mm-hmm. snow. And so having a closed-in workshop is really really useful mm-hmm. and so for us I think the barn getting the barn done is probably our next step we've we've suspended a Quonset hut between two shipping containers mm-hmm. and the next stages for us are putting up steel I-beams which I have in the field that I'm welding base plates onto that will support the end walls of the structure and then uh, and then we'll start working on the home mm-hmm. yeah okay cool and then how do people support all of this development because it's a project right and especially thinking about doing this debt free um it seems i've encountered some folks who are still working who are working remotely some people who are retired and have means from you know what they've done in the course of their life um you know how does it work for you guys with three kids and yeah uh, we have periods of work and then work, so <laughs> we both own our own companies and there's uh-huh. times where we'll save up and push to to accumulate mm-hmm. the funds that we need and then times where we're working to implement those funds and to, to execute on our projects. Um, I think it's interesting in retrospect, of course hindsight's twenty twenty, but we thought that we'd come here and build and then be in our our 20 year plan house for within three years Mm -hmm. and we're starting to learn with our communities we're all doing this together there's like an initial living arrangement that will get you to probably a three-year plan house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which a lot of people are doing yurts or little small cottages and then you have like your 10-year plan to build your house and to get Mm. everything kind of more established Mm -hmm. because it just takes longer especially when you're doing things by hand or with mm-hmm. the community's help. So we are building our houses. There's not mm-hmm. like a five construction crews out here. It's all us unless you bring someone in from town. So it just takes time and planning mm-hmm. and again, weather and seasons. And there's lots of other things that you need to do like work. So mm-hmm. um, we just take it as it comes. And for, for us, it's worked pretty well to take winter as the time where we do our businesses. I see. And we actually leave the ranch in the winter and go where it's warm. We take our little trailer and we go to the Gulf of Mexico. That's our favorite place. Oh. And we work and save and save. And then we come back and we can build in the summer. I see. So that's how we kind of have worked it. But lots of people do it. As many people out here are as many ways as it's been done. Gotcha. 
How interesting. And what are some of the challenges? Ooh. I feel like the of perks. being out here, of being in a community like this, of being pioneers, which you really are. Yeah. I think some of the perks are the challenges, hmm. like living close to the weather. Ah. Sometimes that's awesome, and sometimes it's terrifying. <laughs> that's how it can be hard. Or you don't you don't really make concrete plans because your plans have to be uh, flexible to the weather. Mm-hmm. So. You wake up and you see what kind of a day it is, and that kind of determines what you do with the day, which I love, but it's also a challenge. Mm-hmm. What else, Chase? Yeah, I mean, every every day is a challenge, right? Um, and I think for people who are considering something like this, it's important that you love challenges. Mm. Uh, if that's not for you, it's not, don't do Don't this. do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, not fun. <laughs> even, as, even as glamorous as it seems, right? But... Um, one of the key tenets of my health journey was understanding that my body, in order to heal, had to be challenged in certain ways. Uh-huh. And so it's it's my belief that challenge is essential for any human, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're dealing with those challenges, it allows you to be creative in ways you've never been creative mm-hmm. before. It allows you to rely on higher powers mm-hmm. than than just what you have mm-hmm. and there's certainly been those times where you're like i'm in trouble i need some help and mm-hmm. whether that's a community right mm-hmm. if someone gets stuck in the mud out there we're the only ones to help each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. and so it's not this we were surrounded by wonderful people who would have helped us in a heartbeat in our neighborhoods mm-hmm. but there wasn't that need as much as there is here mm-hmm. because like i said we, you're the only one. There is no 911 necessarily, mm-hmm. right? And so all of those challenges, I think, afford the opportunities of the lifestyle that we were seeking in particular. But it's it's weather, it's mechanical, it's dirt. Dust, it's yeah. <laughs> interpersonally, right? you got to learn to get along with people mm-hmm. and, and negotiate and, you know, all of those things. So mm-hmm. it's part of the, I love it. It's part of the fun, I think. Well, it has seemed that I've met some extraordinary people just in a short time that I'm here. You know, very knowledgeable people. You have folks who are knowledgeable in the building trades, folks who are knowledgeable in quite a diversity of health. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of healthcare lot providers, of health. um, people who are experienced with high tech, um, yeah, construction. I don't know. It seems yeah. like they're they're multi-talented people that are out here very smart people yeah so. and it's a different it's a different age that we live in because if you would have done this which you know you've done it previous mm-hmm. to this we have satellite internet right mm-hmm. and so in a lot of ways it's less it's less about the answers because you can find the answers mm-hmm. and it's more about being creative about your questions right mm-hmm. and so it's a totally different kind of approach that way where you still have the world at your fingertips um but you're you're hundreds of miles away from civilization. Right, because this is pretty remote. The nearest... I shouldn't say hundreds of miles, but like dozens. An hour away is the nearest town, and that's a relatively small town. Mm -hmm. And you guys are about, what, two and a half hours from Salt Lake City, something like that, and over some pretty rough road to get there. So that two and a half hours could be a lot more in the winter, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nearest hospitals, hour and a half. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, well, cool. So if people wanted to come and visit out here, what would your 
and vice be if they think, well, I don't know if I like that much challenge, but I'll go see. <laughs> come out. I'd say come out and spend the night. Like what you're doing is so insightful because you get to see the beautiful 360 degree sunsets and you also get to see the little dust devils that whip through <laughs> and where you have to turn your back and cover your face just because it gets intense because uh-huh. we are building trees and stuff like that. So we get a lot of dust, but that's not something you can see in an hour. Right. So come out and see and wear your jeans and your boots. Mm-hmm. It's a different, we can always tell when people come from the city because their whites are white. My kids will always be like, they're wearing white clothes. They must <laughs> <see that." laughs> or uh, your hair is, you know, uh, curled or whatever. And so we're like, oh, they look so beautiful. Wow. But out here, uh, we were prepared for the weather and prepared to work hard. And so come out and see if that's for you. Like you could bring an RV out, you can camp with us, you can just come and stay. There's a button, bring a tent, whatever you want to do. But it's so fun to be out here and get to know the land Mm -hmm. a little bit. I think that would be my advice. Totally. What's the best website for them? So they can go to osrcommunity.com. I think it is .com. Maybe I should. OSR community. Search it in Google. (laughs) And there's some good information there. um, And that would be that'd be way. The the other thing I'd add with Carly's suggestion is make sure you have a spare tire or two and you know how to change one. Mm. Because it is an hour on dirt. Without service. Yeah, without without cellular service. So if you are coming, like we did with you, Mm -hmm. it's helpful if if you're staying in this, for example, this trailer. I always tell people, text me when you hit the dirt. That way I know you're coming and I know to come looking for you if it takes longer than you expect. But this is the lifestyle out here. You know, it's just part of the process and come try it out. And we do with that texting, what we just said to you, like text us when you leave. That's what we do with everybody in the community. Uh So whenever somebody goes into town, it's like the buddy system. You're like, hey, I'm leaving. Check with me in an hour and a half. And if you don't hear from me, please. Um, and you might you want to bring your and bring your fly swatter. your fly swatter <laughs> this time of year at least yeah. yeah it's fly season we tease that it's fly season <laughs> I think that you guys should have a fly Olympics fly swatting Olympics <laughs> this is a great idea I we should probably like so brand fly swatters like I OSR think. thanks for coming yeah what a great idea <laughs> well what um, else anything else you want to share with them and I'll put the website up there oh, yeah. so that mm, what else would be fun to share my yeah. favorite things are our community movie nights. Everything is just so much m- more, uh, I, I hesitate to say, like, hard work earned, because, of course, when you build anything anywhere, it's through hard work and through focus and through um, intentionality. But when the, the first barn was up and it's a cinder block with just a roof that all the men helped put up and all the women cheered them on, um, we put a, a TV in there, we watched a movie all together, uh. But it's a different experience than going to somebody's house and watching a movie. You know what I mean? It's after we've created this oh, place yeah. and everybody's blood, sweat, and tears are part of it. And to be able to be together and have the kids be friends with each other and kind of rough and tumble and have that be an acceptable part of society. I love that. And it's kind of even similar with church where when we meet for church in the city, I feel like my kids need to be quiet and sit still and be reverent, you know, and, and pay attention. And there's an expectation. And here, of course, we want to worship. We're there to worship. But if my kids are visiting the neighbor or if the little ones run down the aisle, mm-hmm. the next, the, the auntie just scoops them up, you know, the neighbor will scoop them up and play with them for a second and send them on back. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like the stringent rules of societal politeness and expectations are as strong 
just because you could clean and wash all you want and then you step out your front door and your hair is tousled and you have dust all over you and so we just mm -hmm. roll we just you just have to roll a little bit and I love it I love it and actually that brings up a, a good point because um, most of the folks here are LDS mm -hmm. and it seems like the community is very open to anybody who is interested in this lifestyle and my partner and I don't happen to be um, you know from that spiritual tradition although we have we're very spiritual mm -hmm. um, but it seems like that's and it is we're in Utah which is largely an LDS state but anybody's welcome here is what I understand anybody oh, yes, who's Honest, has integrity, has a good heart, wants to work hard, wants to help out others, cares about kids, cares about the planet. Um, and you know, a I place mean. like this tends to both, you know, bring those people here, and it does a decent job of rooting that out pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Just because it's it 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 requires all of those things in a really small community, and uh, and it's hard work. And by no means is this a LDS only community mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact I think there are several kind of OSR communities planned mm -hmm. and I'd imagine you'd see like here those communities take on a bit of the general flavor of the area where they're established mm -hmm. um, but yeah just come on out and we'd love to have see you it. and I that's an interesting point too because one of the things I thought was interesting about this model is that there are these different communities planned different and OSR is Operation Self-Reliance. Land has been found in Arizona, I understand. Mm -hmm. And then I believe they're intended mostly for the Southwest, is that correct? Or maybe in other parts? I think they even parts. have one up in Canada, do they Oh, not? really? I think they might. Yeah, okay. it seemed to me like it was kind Revisions. of a corridor okay. as far as the uh, a latitude, so. yeah, going up and down. But And then the plan that there will be communication or interaction, trade, amongst yeah. the communities that also yeah. fascinated me like a parallel intentional community structure but that becomes a model that replicates yeah well we've certainly benefited off of the people who came here before us mm -hmm. right That's for sure, yeah. and hopefully we can share with those who come after but uh but even as communities outside right i think there's a general interest and willingness in seeing everybody succeed because when we you know when one succeeds everybody does mm -hmm. better and the founder is Philip Gleason. Gleason. Philip Gleason. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, any so glad last you're here. words? It's really <laughs> fun to be here. Fun. It's fun to be staying in your little trailer. Mm, so it's fun to around with the little trailer. I feel like intentionality is really the key. And you can do that in suburbia. You can do that in a city. You can do that in the middle of the off-grid desert. You can do this wherever you are. But to think about what you want and then to go after it with everything that you have and to... Um, be willing to be flexible and to be willing to work hard like both of those extremes they mm -hmm. kind of seem like they are paradoxical but that's the beauty of it is they are mm -hmm. and you need both and to come visit doesn't necessarily require any of that right it's it's a long drive on the dirt road but it's totally doable mm -hmm. oh yeah it is you know for people who are curious about it yeah and we came i understand that there are visit days planned usually a couple of days a month that people can sign up for that they can find out on the website about and that's what we did first was we came for a visit day and said oh, okay well we want to now go and read some of the documentation mm -hmm. and watch more of the videos online and we want to think about it and then 
okay, now we're going to come back for a deeper dive and meet the people. There's a community potluck the third Friday of the month so that you can meet people in the community. And then, you know, we're going to be going to church service on oh, Sunday. And, you know, we're looking at the properties that are available. So people can take it in layers at their own speed, ask questions. The um, Jesse Fisher, who's the who does a lot of the outreach for the community, is really accessible with, to answer questions. And we've had other folks who've been really available to answer questions. So um, there's even a Facebook group, and we all were the first, you know, the, the ones who were investigating the ranch. We just called the ranch, and all of our parents were always like, "What do you think you're doing? You're joining a cult? This is so scary!" Like, there's so many questions that come. Yeah when you're considering an operation like this and joining something like this. So if you have any questions, we, we are open. The Facebook group is awesome. Jesse and um, even Philip are really, really responsive. And so reach out and we'd love, we, we'll tell it to you straight because there's nothing gained when somebody comes out here uninformed. <laughs> so we, we think it's helpful to tell it, tell it straight. And so far we've been very pleasantly surprised with the people and the mm -hmm. situation and how many flat tires we get but other than that we love it <laughs> and if people want to come and stay in your cute little airbnb-ish trailer what's the best way to um connect with you guys? you know so if you go on to airbnb and you look out in this area where it's the only dot out here for a long way <laughs> that's us, that's Can't us. Miss that. no but uh, we're on airbnb what did you call it it's a you called it the off-grid bug out trailer or yeah. something off-grid bug-out trailer. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to look it up on yeah. Airbnb. <laughs> anyway, I, I wouldn't know exactly how to find it. You just search for OSR. Yeah. And okay. um, Anyway, you can correlate a map with, you know, where OSR is on Google Maps with Airbnb, too. And We're, like, directly south of the Great Salt Lake. So, yeah, and right directly west of Provo, Utah. Mm -hmm. So, if you take the two, and that's about where we are. And, again, we're the only dot, if you look on Airbnb. <laughs> No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so thank much you. for taking this time and doing this interview. Super fun. fun. All right. We're going to turn this off and do a little more swatting here. <laughs> and some flies. Oh, we'll all have a training. Uh,